Greetings, programs. Welcome to the Tron Lux Podcast. I'm Discs of Tron, and I'm joined again by Reeds to talk about the amazing soundtracks behind Tron Evolution and Tron Legacy. Oh man, I'll just say, um, get ready. This is definitely a like definitely a Tron action-packed episode because these are like the two soundtracks that we love dearly, especially Legacy. So you know, I hope you have a glass of energy or whatever user beverage you have. Because this is going to be a Tron action-packed episode. Indeed it will. So, let's just get right into it with Tron Evolution. Okay. Lily, I... For a game that's, you know, like, you know, kind of serves as a promotion to Tron Legacy, it definitely, definitely, you know, did the, you know, the work. I mean, I was definitely surprised. I mean, all the music was definitely you got that video game aspect and so like i put in my notes you know so this soundtrack as a whole was it was a really good start to the era of flynn's grid i mean of course you compare it to 82 and 2.0 you know you just get like the quirky little you know computer sounds but this really you know evolution really started to transform tron into like this huge sci-fi you know paradise and it's you know yeah, I mean, in all honesty, I love the aesthetic of of the of the grid. It's dark and stormy. The usage of luminescent colors really gives us that futuristic cyberpunk vibe. And the music just great in each each setting of the game, creating suspension in several areas and really cool boss battles. And you know, I know one boss battle in particular that we'll probably talk about. <laughs> <laughs> probably. You mentioned the fact that this is technically the first thing we see of Flynn's Grid, and I find that really funny because you're right, it is. The game came out on November 25th, 2010, um, like three weeks before Legacy was released, mm-hmm. and yet the case for the game that I have in front of me right now on the back says experience the prequel story to Tron Legacy. Uh, it came out first, so it's not really a prequel. But uh, the uh, Tron Betrayal question mark? I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's an ad for Betrayal in the case. Oh wow! Just like how Legacy has an ad for Uprising that I didn't notice until last fall. So, <laughs> and that has Beck's concept art suit in it. Oh great! Now I need to go find my Legacy uh, DVD now. Now that you mentioned that, <laughs> sorry. Well, I can't run out and go grab it. <laughs> well, tell me, who composed Evolution soundtrack? Okay, so Tron Evolution, although it does have a little bit of aspects of Daft Punk in there uh, in several scenes, um, the main composers for Tron uh, Evolution are Sasha DeCaisian, Chris Velasco, and Kevin Manthe. And man, all three composers definitely have done uh like their other works besides tron evolution are amazing so i'll start with sasha de kaisian who is a german-born composer who goes by the name of sonic mayhem now that's a pretty radical name uh based off of los angeles his use of organic sound design and electronics brought tron evolution to life um some of his other video game works include mass effect 3 borderlands 2 and deuce x mankind divided Okay, and then moving on to Chris Velasco, who's an American composer who has been recognized, no pun intended, eh, by IGN, NBC, and the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences for his work in video game music. 
Um, some of the other titles besides Tron Evolution are, of course, Mass Effect 3, Overwatch, which I didn't know, uh, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, and Bloodborne. And finally, on to Kevin Manthe, who is also an American composer, who often has written works for TV, films, games, and even commercial. He is a genre bender and a very versatile musician. Many of his works are often story-driven and emotional. I mean, yeah, that would definitely got so, uh, some of that in Evolution. And I was kind of blown away when I was doing research. He actually did the score for Invader Zim. Now, that's a huge throwback for me. So... <laughs> Um, some of the other games that he composed um, were uh, Shrek 2, the video game, Disney Infinity 2.0, yep, <laughs> Disney Infinity 2.0, and Love Ultimate Spider-Man. Wow, that those are like some very solid games, all all three of them. I know, and then and here all the score is a huge part of that. No, and all three of them worked on Tron Evolution. <laughs> like we definitely got each and every, like each style of these three composers and they but they work so well with tron definitely before we get into talking about the individual tracks i do want to mention that the most um i guess famous way to listen to the soundtrack is on youtube um on a playlist that just calls it tron evolution ost track one two three etc um Reads and I listen to it on the YouTube channel Original Game Scores, which gives track names for every track. Yes. <laughs> that will be linked down in the show notes for those of you who want that. But so when we say track titles, you aren't confused. Yeah. And they are in no particular order as well. So, you know, technically, you know, a soundtrack would be in chronological order. But this specific YouTube video has them out of order because Sentry, what, like the first like Sentry battle. Um, actually doesn't appear until later in the video in the video so yeah <laughs> that's true yeah okay uh so honestly i was a huge fan of the trailer and i didn't know it had music to it because i mean i use like the sentry fight against tron as one of my backgrounds so just hearing this outlands opening it just the, the usage of arpeggios really just you know really builds the hype for tron evolution definitely i don't want to say it gives the same vibes as daft punk's track name outlands but it kind of does yeah i mean i feel like if i were to walk into a you know just a a club and like you know if they're playing a lot of techno music this would probably be one of the first few tracks that comes on yeah i can see that happening too what were um some tracks that stood out Okay, Abraxas. Okay, I'll start with Abraxas because he's got a couple of tracks here and I did an analysis on my uh, Instagram of the first Abraxas fight. So, <clears throat> so like at the 15 minute 19, like 15 minute 19 second mark of uh, the video is the first Abraxas fight, which is in D minor, which ironically, most of the Tron villains, sorry, MCP, um, are in this key. You'll get to see more of it with Clue in uh, Tron Legacy and General Tesla in Uprising. So um, in my notes, I put, it's your time, embrace it. Or in this case, you know, you watching right, listening right now, it's your time, embrace Tron action. Um, so um, this definitely has a lot of pedal tones within the bass, but it, you know, really gives the key away instantly. Cause you know, if you listen down to the bass, it's right there. So, 
this is the start of Tron Evolution's main rhythmic motive, which is a set of eighth notes, um, which is a possible five-note scale that I have written down, uh, which involves, you know, in this case, in D minor. So it's D, F, A, B flat, so with the minor second, and then D, B flat, A, F, and D. And it kind of just repeats throughout um, throughout the track. And eventually, with some of the tracks, you'll get to hear it again. You'll hear it variated. And of course, it does modulate occasionally to C minor as well. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. Also, I was actually a bit surprised with the um, with the Braxis's music because I know a a Braxis. Wow. Okay. I can't words apparently. Um, a Braxis uh, is actually based off of um, a DOS virus that when you hear it, it just creates this broken G chromatic chord and it goes to the highest frequency until your ears get just damaged. So yeah really evolution has that mix where you get the obvious ambient tracks and then you get these really cool you know the cool fighting music with the braxis and the, the tanks <laughs> as we have learned from watching me play it i suck at the tank parts <laughs> of the game but <laughs> um i can't deny that the music is amazing on them so even though the music stopped kind of midway because you were still dealing with that. I actually... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually put in my notes uh, tank trouble because I'm just all like, oh, I remember that from the stream. Same. <laughs> Doesn't mean it was fun. Nope. <laughs> okay, so what stood out to you? Uh, with an evolution um well i told you this before we started recording i just i had the opposite thing with 2.0 where with 2.0 i was constantly like oh my gosh how is this a video game score it's amazing for this one for some reason i kept thinking it must have been for like a tv show or a film but i keep going man this sounds like a video game soundtrack and then i would remember like two seconds later oh wait it is a video game soundtrack. <laughs> um, but the ambient tracks really were the ones I would think that for. Yeah. Um, and it's not, I'm not saying they're bad or anything. They're amazing. Um, it's like really good background music. Um, but we already talked about the Abraxas ones, so I want to go back to that. Yeah, I think the it. light cycle ones are amazing. Yes. I mean, the first light cycle segment of the game plays D-Rouse by Daft Punk. Um, that's not what I'm referring to, though. I'm referring to the two original light cycle tracks composed for this game. And it's just epic. The first one plays when Anon is heading to the game grid to meet Gibson. And the second one trying to remember there's a few light cycle segments throughout the game so it's in one of them <laughs> it's what i can tell you yeah let's see i didn't i'm pretty sure it's after we get um after anon gets um meets with flynn uh when he's heading to clue yeah Quora. yeah okay 
I mean, because it was either that or it was when he and Gibson were running away from Anon. I mean, from Abraxas, not from Anon. Um, from Abraxas. And that one, I'm pretty sure, is an Abraxas track, not a light bike track. Yeah, I I wrote here on, like, on the track notes that I had two uh, light cycle tracks. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure the one that you're mentioning is the second one, which I have written as like, it's an A minor. And of course, you know, because of it being fast, you know, because speed, because light cycles. Well, the speed particularly, because in that segment of the game, you're driving the Encom 786, which is notoriously known as the fastest bike. on Exactly. <laughs> I think that um, Arja City, all of its tracks are just so different from the rest of the game. But, like, they're still the same because it's all on the grid. But they show the difference in the ISOs to the basics in a really good way. Yeah, and it's all nice and calming, too. Like, compared to Tron City, you know, when, you know, uh, when the infected programs hit and there's all this, you know, intense fight music comes in. And then when you're in Arja, like, for the first half before the first half of Arja, it's just, it's so nice. Yeah, even though you're, like, having to kill guards on your way, it's just, feels chill. Yeah, no worry. The sentries are no problem. You know, let a non-cruise through Arja City with no problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, most of the ambient tracks, honestly, I would like to put them in a playlist by themselves, especially the spiritual tracks that Evolution has. Yeah. Um, like especially during I guess spiritual one, which is the solar sailor arrival area. Man, like I wrote Zen, like is this, you know, this is straight up Zen, like the Zen thing, man. Just the beautiful <laughs> eight. I was about to say that. The, just the eight octave jumps. And honestly, it almost feels like, you know, you, I can meditate to this music. So that would not mess with Clint's Zen thing, yeah. is what you're saying. Yes, you never mess it is with the anti Sam. <laughs> You never mess with his Zen thing, unless if you're Sam Flynn, which we'll get to later in Legacy, when we talk about Legacy. Yes. Let's see. Uh, going back to the Abraxas track, I guess this is towards the, basically the final, the final battle of the game. So, like, this track is called End of Everything, Tron End of Everything. And I'll just say, I think this is, like, the best, like, hybrid mix of synth and we get a little bit of electric guitar, and I was just blown away. <laughs> yes, I remember hearing that track when I played through the game for the first time. Because I went into the game, like, mostly blind. I knew the plot details, but I hadn't seen any of it. And um, when I got to that, I just went, I don't want to fight Abraxas, I want to just vibe to this music. Yeah, and you know, Clue is a constant screaming and complaining that Anon hasn't been derezzed yet, you know, kind of does uh, take away, you know, the beautifulness yeah, of the music. Just, just a little bit, yeah. But yeah, I mean, definitely, there's like a mixture of key, uh, primary keys for Evolution. Most of it I got was D minor, which was surprise, surprisingly just because it's usually, you know, part of Abraxas's theme and such. But it kind of works with the synth that each of the three composers use for this game. And honestly, it it's beautiful for a game that's, you know, that's, you know, that's pretty old by now. Yeah, it's like, it's 11. 
it's it's eleven. Yeah. <laughs> I I I had to math really quick, even though ten to twenty one isn't hard. It is the brain's just like uh. I I'm thinking of music, not <laughs> not math. The math video games. The math can stay over there with eighty two. If I wanted to analyze the grid matrix, nah, nah, nah. Exactly. We don't need that. <laughs> exactly. I actually kind of made this joke when I was writing my notes, you know, with all the viruses, you know, with all the infected programs and stuff, I was all like, you know, at least Flynn's grid didn't have as many errors compared to uh, Cyberpunk 27, uh, 2077. <laughs> Because, oh boy, that game had a lot of bugs. I mean, I'm pretty sure Kevin Flynn probably wouldn't be able to fix that game at all. He probably... I don't think he could, no. <laughs> I mean, think of how many grid bugs we saw throughout Uprising. You can't stop that. They probably left that grid and just went specifically to Cyberpunk. <laughs> yep. That's um, exactly what happened. Yep. I promise we're we're definitely a legitimate source on that's why the game has so many bugs. Yeah, they got grid bugged. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the one. That's that's the one that got me. Yep. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, any kind of final thoughts on evolution? Because I know legacy is definitely gonna be where we like kind of you know. <laughs> go off <laughs> about how yeah we're gonna both have a lot to say on legacy um i think evolution is a perfect prelude to legacy in terms of the music of course um and it sets up what you're about to go into for daft punk's music but it also stands very strong on its own like you were talking about all the amazing work these composers have done um, and so I have no doubt that this soundtrack holds up just as well as 82 2.0 Legacy and Uprising. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Evolution definitely was a, a good, like, hype builder um, for Tron Legacy since it did come out a few weeks before. So, you know, just adding, you know, being introduced to, you know, to the grid. Um, you know, just really built the hype for like all of us Tron fans to look forward to watching Legacy, and the music definitely did justice here. You know, you know, without the you know without these three composers, you know, they almost it's almost like a if you think about it, almost like a progress bar. So you know, they were really at like you know ninety nine percent, and then when the hundred percent hits, then Daft Punk you know came in and just turned Legacy into a masterpiece. So yeah. Mm hmm. So. Ready to move on to the fun part? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. Evolution's fun. But yeah. like, now we're getting good. Yeah. <laughs> now to talk about Tron Legacy. I have a fun anecdote that I was telling you about yesterday before we get into the music itself. And when Daft Punk was working on this score, originally Hans Zimmer was to be their orchestrator for the film. Um. And if you don't know what an orchestrator is, basically they just take um they take the basic idea that Daft Punk had and um adapts it for an orchestra to play. And Hans Zimmer wanted to change a lot of the score, so Daft Punk respectfully went to Disney and asked for him to be removed from the project. 
and Hans Zimmer wasn't upset about it or anything. He actually recommended Joseph Trapanese to be the orchestra for the film, which he did, and then he ended up doing the score for Tron Uprising as well. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, Disney gave him the banhammer. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. But, I mean, so many people, I know so many people went to see Tron Legacy because of Daft Punk's score. And that's because, I mean, 2010 was just... In my mind, I'm pretty sure it was, like, the height of Daft Punk's popularity. Yes, I agree. So, when it was heard they were doing a film score, a lot of people were intrigued. And then the trailers for Legacy just proved, oh, they know what they're doing. And a lot of Tron fans came from that. I know a lot of people who are huge Daft Punk fans, and by extension, are Tron fans. Yep. And that's a testament to how amazing the score is and also how amazing legacy is yeah i mean honestly this soundtrack should have won an award and you know i'm surprised it was nominated yeah i just wish you know it could have won because it was just beautiful i mean and i wish daft punk had done more film scores afterward i know like, very low chance of that happening now uh, i'm honestly i was a mess uh seeing the you know their official like you know their official breakup <laughs> like I, I actually started bawling when i was on the phone with somebody while watching the video and i i was a mess like i couldn't even think straight that day i'm like oh my god like daft punk just broke up and i'm just here like okay i need to go listen to the tron uh, tron legacy soundtrack i need to calm myself down but oh uh, man they just did such an amazing job with this with this movie you know, and of course, oh, with the orchestration definitely. by, you know, with the orchestration by Joseph Trapanese, like, man, I d this is the pure, like, masterpiece of mixing combo and synth. And of course, you go back to Wendy Carlos and Nathan Grigg, you know, this is where, this is like the final product and is definitely a masterpiece. For sure. Um, for Tron Legacy's 10th anniversary, they released a new version of the soundtrack called the complete edition it's available on all streaming platforms um and it adds seven songs to the end of it that previously there were only tw yeah, there were only 22 tracks on the soundtrack ending with finale um and then these seven tracks were split up across other streaming services for music and everything but to celebrate legacy's 10th anniversary they put them all into one album and these tracks were sea of simulation NCOM Part 1 and Part 2, Round 1, Caster, Reflections, Sunrise Prelude, Father and Son, and Outlands Part 2. All of which are amazing tracks, and I'm sad that I couldn't listen to them earlier. Particularly Outlands Part 2, that's one of my favorites. Uh, I love Outlands Part 2. Uh, interesting enough, um, there's actually, I listened to another version of Tron Legacy, which is the Metro Tokyo Edition, which included several other tracks, um, that basically I was able to kind of create character suites because of the Metro Tokyo edition. So like, you know, like the whole like Sam meets Clue scene in like um, the first time they meet, you know, that track is called Not Your Father. And then you have Challenge of the Grid, Your Move, Flynn, The Boy and Flynn are gone, Enjoy the Drink, and of course, Rare Bird. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> there's a couple of, um, I created a character suite for Clue because of course he's one of my favorite characters. 
So because not only because not only that, this this track is or this soundtrack is nothing but mastery and perfection. Literally. Mm-hmm. Um something to be said about the Metro Tokyo edition is like it isn't an official version of the soundtrack. It was a Blu-ray rip of the music tracks and then it was split up into tracks. And it's not to take away from it because it is truly just the music from the film, but don't go searching on Amazon for it or anything because mm-hmm. you aren't going to find a copy. Yeah, I mean, just go search it up on YouTube. I know there there is a couple of playlists that include them. Yeah. <laughs> include them. Ha, ah, okay. <laughs> I'm, uh-huh. I'm, done, I'm done punning for today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What about Tron Action? Well, Tron Action's acceptable. <laughs> okay. So let's get right into it. Um, Overture is just a great intro to the album it's not an intro to the film though wait i wish <laughs> my brain is breaking the grid plays first right yes the grid plays first okay i just had to make sure i was like am i being stupid this is one of my favorite films <laughs> oh you're good no it's, yeah, it's, so... it is the grid that starts first okay so we open with the grid and um jeff bridges's narration of it which just it perfectly sets up the film you are about to watch um daft punk they just start showing off immediately it's (laughs) i have no other way to put it it's just that simple yeah i mean at this point we were all honestly we all kind of like were on the same page as young sam throughout uh, this narration as the grid was playing it was just amazing and you know just after you know he says you know that's right man i got in and just that melody that main melody of tron legacy appearing through uh, between those skyscrapers oh man like that was amazing like immediately i knew this was going to be a good movie and a good soundtrack Mm-hmm. the um one of my favorite tracks and it was my favorite track for a long time was son of flynn um it just always hypes me up whenever i listen to it yeah i i like son of flynn i mean honestly there's a lot of uh i mean sam definitely had a lot of good tracks here i mean i also like when i did my analysis on instagram i included the recon uh some of the reconfigured soundtrack because my favorite version of son of flynn is the ki theory remix and you know, just you know, it just builds the hype. And I am a big fan of dominant prolongation, which is you know just a huge like, you know, elongated expression of the five chord, of the key. So yeah, mm-hmm. I I love Son of Flynn. It's just great. You know, I feel like I feel like you know at night just driving out, just listening to this track, it just really sets the vibe. Yeah. I could go track by track through this and like tell you why it fits the scene perfectly. We're not going to do that because then we would be here for another hour. Oh yeah. So <laughs> cuz I have a lot to say about most of these tracks. Same. So Reed, let's just go through some highlights. Okay, uh I guess recognizer. So immediately when Sam enters the grid. Great intro, the recognizer and we got to talk about the perfect timing about um, this movie because the music just fits in so well. And you'll get to see it, you know, I'll definitely talk about it when we get to Disc Wars. But yes, Recognizer is honestly an amazing track, just like the orchestra in the, the, orchestra in the beginning. 
Mm-hmm. It perfectly exemplifies Sam's emotions when entering the grid. And it's also a great setup to Clue's forces. Yep. To it, it sets their mood and it shows what Sam's thinking. And it's just amazing. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that. But... <laughs> All right. Armory. This is the first time we get a, key, uh, a track in C minor, uh, you know, kind of referencing evolution there. So, yeah. I just like this whole um, kind of ambience that it, um, it gives when Sam's getting his grid suit. Yeah, it gives a strange ambience. Which contrasts with, like, the panic that Sam is feeling. The mm -hmm. panic and confusion in his mind. He's like, what the frick is happening? And the music just playing is calm as the sirens are doing their thing. It almost makes me feel like that that music is being played in-universe in the armory. Yes. <laughs> and it's just, like, background noise as the grid is talking about going on the identity disc monologue. That I guess Flynn just committed to memory and then programmed it in as some sort of sick joke. Oh, <laughs> unless Clue uh, yoinked it from his memories. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, Arena's good, but let's get into Rinsler because. Oh man. It's amazing. It's amazing. Wow. Okay. So I put here on my notes that, you know, it really has this pedal tone on a very low E3 and, you know, just really creates that suspension, you know, like the, I guess the purring noise that Rinsler makes kind of fits the, kind of fits the, uh, fits that track, but mm -hmm. it, it's just a great introduction to honestly, one of the, like one of the best characters in Tron Legacy. Yeah. I mean, his name isn't in the title though, so. I mean, <laughs> there, there's only so much Tron action you can do with totally not Tron. I mean, so Rinsler action, of course. Yeah, yeah, Rinsler action. Um, I mean, Rinsler was introduced as a force to be reckoned with. It is sad we didn't see more of him, but that's beside point. When we see him do the double discs, it's just a moment of, oh crap. I mean, Sam 100% would have died yeah. if he didn't start bleeding. <laughs> Why did I have a coward. feeling I just got dunked on? But then he meets Clue and gets thrown onto the light cycle grid where my favorite track plays. This game has changed. Is my absolute favorite track. It is the one I will blast at full volume until the end of time. <laughs> Same, honestly. Just... And just the way it opens, and it opens soft, slowly crescendos, and then just boom. You're you're fully into it. Yeah, and the perfect timing it has too when Clue and like the sentries derez part of parts of Sam's uh Sam's team. You know, they like, you know, it hits right on the downbeat of like the next phrase whenever one of them gets derez and it's just so cool again perfect timing did this movie justice that's something i love in films is when they um do things on beat with the score or when they edit on the score yes it's such a good thing and i've seen films where they do it like 
just off enough that it's noticeable and really bugs me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I felt like, you know, I felt like Legacy just did it so well. It just fits. It kind of just fits with the whole scene. And then Korra rescues Sam, and we get Outlands Part 1, which is a good track. Nowhere near as busy as Outlands Part 2, but it's good. It's good. He meets... Well, he, he sees his dad again, and we get into a flashback, where we hear Adagio for Tron. I assume you have something to say on this track. Yeah, okay, I mean... <laughs> We always make this joke where we say, you know, Mathria, play Adagio for Tron. <laughs> but yeah, this track really hits in the feels. Um, I really like the key selection here, which is either C sharp or D flat major. And, you know, it just really gives us that, you know, feeling like, you know, this is a Tron movie. What happened to Tron? So, you know, with the help of Flynn's narration, it really brings this track to life. And of course, and of course, yeah. With the cello solo that plays right at the, you know, with the, la the last phrase of the track, it just, you know, I honestly want to cry because, you know, with the solo like that, talking about, you know, after seeing, you know, Clue like slam his disc down on Tron, like, you know, I want to cry because, you know, he's a, he's a hero. So I'm assuming this isn't the part where I give my unpopular opinion that I think the track is slightly overrated. <laughs> Let me defend myself listeners before you just start like sending me hate messages okay <laughs> you guys are making me want to do that but um i feel like everyone whenever they talk about this they'll be like oh yeah the light cycles and stuff were cool but have you listened to adagio for tron just the best thing ever i'm not trying to discredit how amazing it is because like we've said every track on here is a masterpiece but it's when it's all anyone talks about it, it gets annoying for me when there's so many other amazing tracks but they choose to focus on that one specifically yeah so that has left a bad impression on the track for me but that that's all the defense i have so if you still want to come at me i can't really stop you <laughs> Just settle it in the game grid, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of my favorite tracks, but is it like my like all-time favorite track? Mm, not it's the it's there, but it's not the track. I mean, Nocturne is very very good. Um, I feel almost like an extension of Adagio for Tron in a way. Yeah, but it it, it kind of leans more towards the Flynn perspective, and you know, just the it was more or um orchestra heavy, but it kind of just fits because almost like you know you're dealing with user dialogue, you know, dialogue of the users, so it kind of fits. And then we get into the um the trio of club tracks because I'm including yes. Caster in this. Yes, we have End of Line, Caster, and Derez, and all three of them. Are amazing and you should listen to them right now. I'm kidding. Let's finish. <laughs> then go listen to them. Um, but end of line was my favorite track for a long time, and then I heard Caster, and then that became my favorite for a while. But like I said we're on Gabe's change right now. Um, but end of line. Well, one, 
it's a reference in the name, which we all appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, I mean, it's part of the film where we get the Daft Punk cameo and the Bartik cameo. Yep. So it, it's just an important part of the film in general, but the track itself, it totally feels like something that would be played in a club to me. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure it has been played at clubs and we just don't know. I mean, I went to a I went to a baseball game once and someone's uh, away away, I guess, away team theme was end of line. And it was actually pretty cool. And I was all like, hey, wait a minute. Um, and then technically Outlands Part 2 is the next track in the film, but I have a long thing for that. So we're just going to continue with the club ones for a bit. Um, <laughs> we have Caster, which gives the same sort of vibes, like could totally be played in a club, but it feels, I guess, more private to like symbolize the private conversation Sam and Zuzu are having at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then the Black Guards crash the party, and Daft Punk decides it's the perfect time for a track change. And then we hear D-Rez, which is probably, I don't know, Adagio for Tron, Son of Flynn, and D-Rez are probably the most famous tracks. I agree. So, a lot of people know D-Rez. Um, and it's amazing. It's a great action scene track. Once again, it feels like it could be played in a club. And then I just get the image of Korra stabbing people with a bite blade. And, yeah. You know, can't go wrong with that. Yeah, going back to end of line, I actually use this track to warm up. Like whenever I'm, uh, whenever I'm getting ready to do like a full run through of, of some of my music. So I always use it as a long tone, a uh, long tone warm up, just because like it's so metronomical too. So it kind of helps. It kind of helps me keep a keep a beat while I'm, I'm practicing. I do the same thing with Son of Flynn, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. These tracks are very good for warm-ups, I guess. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I honestly, Daft Punk in general, I love I just love how a lot of their music kind of has kind of like has a built-in metronome. So it works with any, you know, any of like your like practice exercises like i use lose yourself to dance for like my five minute warm-up and then i warm down with end of line so yeah um but now talk about outlands part two um which oh, is man i love definitely one of my favorite tracks i don't know what's different about it from outlands part one like in terms of why i get chills from part two and i don't from part one but so so freaking good yeah uh outlands part two was great you know when they released the complete edition i this was the first track i wanted to listen to just because i like that whole like synth organ kind of vibe when the scene shifts to chorus reflection in the water like oh man it, it was amazing it's it's just an awesome track it really is there's there's not enough i can say about it to make you just go listen to it on repeat yeah so your list for when this podcast is over go listen to end of line caster and d resident in that order and then put outlands part two on repeat forever 
Yeah. Um, like if you go to a party, make sure those are the primary tracks that you put on the party playlist because yeah, that's how you get the whole place jamming. <laughs> for sure, yes. Then we have Fall, very aptly named. Um from when the elevator is falling and you're messing with my Zen thing, man. Yeah. Um It's a good track. It's a Then we have um solar sailor which ironically is not the track that takes place on the solar sailor that is sea of simulation yep also very good but i'm not gonna say it anymore because i've said that for all of them um <laughs> I mean, solar sailor definitely is really ambient i mean i've seen people made like one hour tracks i mean this is a good a good one to have on repeat for studying mm-hmm I mean, the exact opposite with Rectifier. <laughs> Rectifier kind of gives me a bit of espionage vibes, like, at the beginning. Not a lot, but it's there. Now, every time this track appears on my Spotify, like, immediately, I start quoting Clue's speech. Like, no, <laughs> no doubt. And I have it I have it on his character suite, too, because I was just like, yes. Like, it, it was great. <laughs> Then we have another track that confused me when I was first listening to this track. I mean, to this soundtrack. Um, Discourse, which I thought was Arena. Shouldn't that have been up there with Arena and yeah. Rensler and everything? <laughs> and then I realized, oh, wait, it's referring to the one, this part of the film. Yes. Yeah, um, you're not the only one. I knew I made that mistake too. So. For like a month, I thought it was just in the wrong place until someone corrected me. And I went, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is another one where the perfect timing was great. Like after, you know, Sam defeats those two sentries on the throne ship, you know, throws Jarvis aside, grabs Flynn's disc. And right as he grabs the disc, it just changes into this, you know, as the siren, you know, the, the alarms go off and just the change in the music. It was great. Like, that honestly was the best out of the perfect time tracks in Legacy. Mm-hmm. We have Clue, which <laughs> plays a lot during the film. This is my favorite track, so I am going to go off about it because it is... Go right on ahead. Okay. This is kind of the most kind of clever thing when it comes to disney movies because you give the villain a really good theme and they're gonna have a really good theme like they you know they really gave clue a lot of brass and just all this fanfaric stuff because you know he's the evil grit tyrant he's got to have a cool theme but yeah i honestly love this track like who you know and of course his character motive throughout definitely like shines here in you know in this specific track and like here's mm -hmm. the thing like with clues like theme and of course his main like rhythmic motif like honestly i would want my own theme just so you know i want to be able just to slap you know a whole bowl of silver apples across the table you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> i do know exactly what you're saying and that makes it better yeah uh okay so here's my music uh music you know vocab for this episode so uh i've been talking about sweets 
So this is like a movement of an ordered set of pieces or movements that are tied together by themes or tonalities. So of course, Clue, Sam, and Kevin Flynn do have um, character suites based on all like the Tron Legacy tracks, like the complete edition as well as the Metro Tokyo edition. So yeah. And of course, because of finding after discovering the Metro Tokyo edition, yeah, Clue's definitely one of my favorite villains just because his theme's pretty radical, man. This this is definitely true. When I was um editing my fan made Clue TV spot, I was using Clue for the music track in it, and the scene I decided to use at the end of the trailer after the title card was the "You're Clue, I'm Clue, You're to Create the Perfect System" scene. Yeah, and um, and in that scene, as I was editing it, I realized, oh. It plays Clue in this part. That's kind of awkward. Uh, <laughs> so I just muted the rest of the scene that wasn't the dialogue. <laughs> um, because otherwise it just sounded really weird. Oh no. <laughs> Alright, so Arrival. Uh, a more ambient track. And, you know, I like the dialogue. You know, this is also one of my favorite, you know, character interactions too. With, with this track in the background. Oh man, Flint's perf- uh, you know, perfection quote was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you really think for a second that Clue may just snap out of it. No. <laughs> he might. And then nope. But it's okay because they um they just swapped discs and it worked out. You didn't get I the mean, hug. I still think giving him I still think Cora's disc may have been a little too risky since she was the last ISO. Yeah. But should have done Sam's. But whatever. They didn't ask me for my input on their plan. So. <laughs> Man, if only, you know, just a simple hug and, you know, that's it. But of course, you know, because of Clue's programming, he can't really, you know, go against his programming. <laughs> mm-hmm. If only Cyrus had donated that EMP. <laughs> No, no, no. Kane, that would have killed everyone. It would have been very sad. We are not an um, uprising yet, alright? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, we have Flynn Lives, another track name. That's a reference. And the, very yeah, happy. This one's up there on my, li- on my favorites list, too. It just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Flynn's rhythmic motif uh, reappears in this, and it's just great. And again, more it's more orchestra heavy, but uh, it just fits. And every time I hear him say goodbye, kiddo, I do shed a couple of tears because this is also like it's such a really cool track. But, you know, the part, the scenes that, you know, and then th- that's when the emotion just hits. You're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> just like, no, no, I'm sad. Why you do this to me? Like, um, I'm, I'm not supposed to cry. This is such a really good track, man. Mm hmm. Then we have, um. Summarize Prelude, and now I'm looking at the tracks that we forgot to talk about, and we'll circle back around. But, um, I mean, good track to end the film on, because it's peaceful, ambient, leaves room for the future, all that fun stuff. Yeah, I just love Sunrise Prelude. Just like how I said with Son of Flynn, this is like just a good song to listen to while you're driving. It just really sets the mood. Makes you want to hook your car up with EL wire. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> um, then we have end titles. Woo! Um, really good track. I don't talk about this often, but I love the opening credits. I mean, not opening. I love the credits of Legacy. Just looks really cool. Yeah, it's almost just basically just a remix of Kevin Flint, of like the main theme. I mean, I kind of mm -hmm. like this one more than the reconfigured remix of uh, End Titles. I don't know why. It, yeah. It's more stable, I guess you could say. I mean, for a majority of the tracks, I prefer the normal version over the reconfigured version. But the reconfigured version has a lot of really cool parts to it. Yep. Like, of course, I'll keep talking about the KI Theory remix for days. Like... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and then uh, finale, which plays, I guess, during the latter of the credits. I can't remember because I, I know I also can't remember it. I'm pretty sure this plays while the like I guess towards the latter while the credits are still rolling, and it's really yeah. beautiful. Again, this is more orchestra heavy, and then of course you get the whole main melody in C minor, and yeah, it it it's really pretty you get, you know, the melody, and of course you get a bit of Sunrise Prelude towards the end. So it, it's, you know, it's just a really, you know, nice conclusion to the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. There were um five tracks that we forgot to mention, which we'll just speed through really quick. Yeah. We have the two NCOM tracks. NCOM Part 1 is neat. NCOM Part 2 is where it's at. Yes. <laughs> that one has all the espionage vibes for me. And, I don't know, I love me a good spy film. And that turns Tron into a spy film for, like, a second. Yeah, even though Sam Sam's not really good at being a spy because he got caught I mean, by the he police. Sucks at it, but... <laughs> yeah, but then he jumped off a building, so it works yeah, out. Yeah, he, he already had a parachute in mind. The taxi driver did not like him. Like... <laughs> did not appreciate it. No. Um... We have round one, which I can't really remember specifics about it. Uh, so this is when you know this was the first round that Sam go uh first round yeah. in Disc Wars, and of course, uh, Sam notices the program he's against. You know, I got a three inch version of you on my shelf. <laughs> yeah, and then we go to the next arena over and see the slow mo disc. Yeah, de res. Oh, the, the de-resing was so clean in Legacy. Just uh the motion the stop mo the motion throughout you know throughout that scene was amazing Mm-hmm. great cg i mean i'm sure we'll talk about the cg more in depth in the future but like the de-resing in legacy is just yes. so clean let's see um let's see we have reflections that we didn't talk about i referenced is... it because of yeah the you referenced it with the apples but that one has the pieces of Clue in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's mostly just Clue Extended Edition, so... Yeah, it's kind of more like a prelude, almost like a prelude, because everything is, you know, you, everything is so almost a pedal tone on, on, on D. So, and of course, and it's such a, like, a quiet scene, because, you know, he's stumbled, you know, taking a look at Flynn's hideout... And stuff, and of course, Jarvis decides to be a buzzkill and drop some stuff, and you know, but 
but yeah this track is beautiful and we kind of get a little bit of his a little section of his backstory and then of course he gets mad and just slaps the apples across the table mm-hmm. um and then the last one we mentioned it like a little bit but father and son very good track oh man I don't know why this one kind of makes me cry right at the beginning, just because, you know, you're here. You're finally here. Like, uh, oh, God. Now oh, I, no, I mean, don't do that to me. I mean, like, I can feel myself crying. No. I mean, we're almost done, but, uh, I, okay, great. Because it's like Flynn is happy at seeing him and then realizes, wait, if you're here, then the portal's open. That's not good. Um,. Oh man! Oh, oh no! It's such a good scene. uh, It's such a good scene. The any time when you get a piano in there, I mean, there's no doubt you're gonna cry. Like I, I I am on the fence with crying right now every time because I think of that scene. Well, um, well, you take a minute to compose yourself, I can't. Um, I'll do. Okay, and I thought I I thought I was the one (laughs) done punning. Okay. That wasn't meant to be a pun, but it was totally <laughs> now, um, for sure. Um, but let's do final thoughts. Um, I mean, we, I don't know how many times we can say it, but the entire thing is just a masterpiece in composing and everything. There's a reason over 10 years later, so many people still listen to the soundtrack. I mean, we, um, we still do, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot here, for sure, that you can do. And Daft Punk just took the opportunity to the max. Uh, yeah, I... Honestly, Tron Legacy is my all-time favorite movie, my all-time favorite soundtrack. I mean, honestly, this has it all. I mean, Daft Punk, with you know, the orchestration of Joseph Trapani is like this was outstanding. Like I don't I can't even put this to words because you know, for for you know, a movie that's you know almost about to turn eleven in a couple of months, you know, this is honestly still good. I mean, it's a movie that we shouldn't have deserved, but man, just you know the music the just the whole vibe of the grid like man it's amazing and you know with all the tracks that we're missing like technically we don't have a complete edition because there's some tracks from the metro tokyo edition that i wish that were also added so maybe for the 15th anniversary of tron legacy maybe we'll get you know some more the true complete edition the perfected edition (laughs) um so Yep. And of course, you know, we're, you know, after, you know, Legacy and Uprising, you know, we are still waiting and waiting for more Tron tent each year because, I mean, that, I mean, we need more Tron action. Like, what else? What else are we supposed to do? Whoever scores Tron 3, and I really hope it's Joseph Trapanese for reasons we'll get into when we talk about Uprising, they have big shoes to fill here. Like, yes. As much as we gush over Wendy Carlos's score last episode, Daft Punk is just so much better. It's just on a completely different level. Uh, and whoever does Tron 3, 
I wish you the best of luck. And I have no doubt you'll do an amazing job. Speaking that into life right now. Yep. You know, as Jem said to Sam before he entered the Discord arena, survive. <laughs> yep. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And remember, Tron lives. We hope you have a pleasant cycle programs.